You know what time it is. It's time for an economic update with Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. The man. I'm glad to be back with you. It's been wild and crazy. Bank failures. I mean, shutting down the stock market to no halting trading. No wonder Biden said, hey, I fixed the banks. I'm amazing. Mm -hmm. Right. It's like you didn't fix the banks. They shut down trading. Right. It's like like, that's not fixing anything. That's masking the system. Right. Yep. That's, That's it's just it's just nothing. So exactly. Pulling a car over to the side of the road does not make you a mechanic. No, (laughs) no, it doesn't. No. And it doesn't help anything because everybody that's driving by decides to slow down and look. And it's like, okay, now what's this traffic about? There's a car on the side of the road. That's it. So, yeah. So when Biden says the banking system is safe, it's not safe. It's not like we talked about in the last show. Banks aren't in the business of lending money. They don't have vaults full of cash. It's not the safe haven that people think it is or that it maybe once was, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe it once was, but I have a feeling it probably wasn't because when was it's a wonderful life made? I mean, it was black and white. It was even before Jaws. Right. (laughs) It's old. It's old. And they were talking about bank runs then and how yep. they didn't have money in the bank even back then. Mm-hmm. So yeah. banks have always been banks. Banks yep. have always been in the business of taking your money. And as a promissory note, like we talked about, you giving them the right to invest it into whatever they want to. And hopefully when you want it back, it's there. Right. Mm-hmm. This is what this is all about. And that's okay. This video, Colton, that you're showing is a great one. It explains what I just did in like a one minute long segment. That's awesome if we want to watch it because it's a really good example of what well, banking it really is. Well, let's do it. Awesome. Let's let's do it. What about lending? Surely they're lending money. Um, no, they don't. Banks don't lend money. Banks, again, at law, it's very clear, they're in the business of purchasing securities. That's it. So you say, okay, don't you know, confuse me with all that legalese. No. I want a loan. I want a loan. Yeah. Fine. Here's the loan contract. Here's the offer letter. And you sign. At law, it's very clear, you have issued a security, namely a promissory note, and the bank is going to purchase that. That's what's happening at Put law. it in layman's terms. What does that mean? It means that um, what the bank is doing is very different from what it presents to the public that it's doing. How does this fit together? So you say, fine, the bank purchases my promissory note, but how do I get my money? I want, you know, it's a I loan. Want I want 200 my grand, right? I don't care about the details. I want the money. The bank will say, well, you'll find it in your account with us. That would be technically correct. If they say, we'll transfer it to your account, that's wrong because no money is transferred at all it's already from in anywhere inside the bank or outside the bank. Why? Because what we call a deposit is simply the bank's record of its debt to the public. Now, it also owes you money, and its record of the money it owes you is what you think you're getting as money. And that's all it is. And that is how the banks create the money supply. The money supply consists to 97% of bank deposits. And these are created out of nothing by banks. When wow, is that, that is Is that really Richard good. Warner? We'll put that in the, in the notes below so that people can can watch that as well. Yeah, don't be tricked by how that interview was like about as boring as watching paint dry because <laughs> the, 
the info that was behind it is so good. I mean, it is so good. It explains what banking is. And a bank isn't the solid financial safe harbor, safe haven mm -hmm. place for you to put your cash. And it's always going to be there. We saw that with Silicon Valley Bank. We saw that with with oh Silvergate Bank. We've seen this with Langley Washington Brothers, Washington right? Mutual. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we see banks go out of business mm -hmm. because they get over leveraged. They lose their money because they're investing in things just like we are. And, and last week, you know, when, when you look at what happened even on Monday, the market meltdown and banks losing 60 to 70 percent of their market cap in hours, Ooh. right, that they had to halt trading, right, in hours. It's like, well, this is, this is not good. Mm -hmm. But when you go behind the scenes of what banks invest in, it's worse. Okay, I, I, how could I say that it's worse yeah. than what how does it get worse? on Valley Bank? It is worse. So let's look at this, this list of derivatives, right? So okay. what is a derivative? A derivative is a highly leveraged debt instrument. It's like taking debt and multiplying it times 20 because the average derivative debt is, is a 20 to one leverage, which means if you invest in something and it's highly leveraged derivatives debt, if it moves 5% in the right direction, 5% times 20 leverage, you get a 100% return on your capital with a 5% move. But what if it goes 5% in the wrong direction? You lose 100% mm. of your capital. What if it goes down 50%, not just five? What if, what if some banker was saying, hey, the stock market's going to go up and it comes down 50%? Like it's already, it came down over 30% last year. Well, 30 times 20 that's a 600% loss of capital on a 30% move. Well, how can you lose more than 100%? Well, then you start digging into your reserves, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's so, so look at this derivatives exposure that the biggest banks have. JP Morgan Chase, $55.3 trillion of derivatives debt. Goldman Sachs, 51 trillion. Citibank, 46 trillion. Those three big boys yeah. have more yeah. debt than the entire national debt of America that's taken from 1776 until now to accumulate, right? And it's not like Americans are, are you know, our, our politicians are thrifty in their mm -hmm. spending. I mean, they spend like drunken sailors, right? And now these banks just individually have almost double, you know, the JP Morgan has Each individually. Double. Each wow. individual, you're like a 31, 31 trillion nationally. If you're listening on Apple or one of the radio you know, channels, the national debt right now is 31 trillion um, and some change. Was just round off, you know, if, within a, within a few uh, hundred billion. 21.6 um, or 31.6. 31.6 trillion. So so both of those guys are over 50. You're at 46 on the third one. So you're talking 150 trillion just with those top three banks in in leveraged debt. Wow. Yeah. And then Bank of America, 22 trillion, Wells Fargo, 12 trillion, State Street, 2 mm. trillion, HSBC, 1.5 trillion. These are all in the trillions, right? This is a lot. So the reason I bring it up is we, we all got, um, you know, frenzied and, mm -hmm. and stricken with fear and paralyzed with fear when Silicon Valley Bank went under, mm -hmm. right? I think. On the derivatives list, I think they're like number 135 or wow. something like that. They're, I mean, they're way down there. Imagine what would happen 
if JP Morgan Chase fails or any of these big boys that have tens of trillions of dollars in derivatives, it's lights out for the global economy. There's nothing that could actually repay that, right? That's, that's so much debt. When, when you've got almost double the amount of debt of the entire U.S. national mm -hmm. debt that's yeah. taken over 250 years to accumulate, there's nothing that anybody could do to recover from that. It's a game-changing moment, paradigm shift. We go into a new monetary system overnight, right? You've got panic. You've got blood in the streets. Yep. You've got riots. You've got protests. You've got wars. You've got hyperinflation because their mechanism would be to try to print their way out of it, right? But you're thinking, Kirk, you're, you're talking about uh, these unintended you know, consequences. You're talking about something that we don't know if it's going to happen or not. Yeah, people didn't think Silicon Valley Bank was going to happen right. either. Mm -hmm. Right. Because and they don't even have a lot of derivatives debt. People didn't think there was going to be a hyperinflation in Germany after World War One, because Germany kind of like won. Right. They were there. They, but but the Treaty of Versailles said, hey, you got to repay your war debts. It's like we can't repay our war debts. So they abandoned the gold standard on the mark mm -hmm. and they printed without discretion where they had billions of percent of inflation every year. Nobody saw that coming either. Mm -hmm. Nobody saw a million percent inflation in Venezuela two years ago. Nobody saw that coming. Right. Right. Well, we saw it coming. But when it's there, it's like, oh, my word, I, I can't believe it's here. Right. right. So the reason we bring this up is because history repeats itself. If you treat your currency like monopoly money, if you go into debt like there's no tomorrow and you, then you say regular debt's not good enough, let's have multiplied debt through derivatives, right? Let's like multiply our debt times 20 and go into derivatives debt. What does the Bible say about debt? The Bible says a borrower is a slave to the lender, mm -hmm. right? And so, mm -hmm. so when we have that much debt, we're really slaves to the rest of the world yeah. who, who yep. pay that debt. And, and you have to pay the piper at some time. You can't, it's like um, somebody who's just binge eating, right? It's like, okay, there are consequences. I'll take that <laughs> Yeah. yeah. True. I mean, there, there is. And if you just spend money like there's no tomorrow, that's not your money. You're printing it out of thin air. Right. Then what? Mm -hmm. Well, ultimately, you're going to have to pay that back. Well, it's like, well, we can't pay it back. There's not enough money in the world to pay it back at this point. There's not enough tax revenue to pay it back at this point. If you look at the federal budget, this this is kind of creepy, but but we have to talk about it. Right. The federal budget is $4.8 trillion, right? That's how much money we bring in, but we spend $6.8 Okay, mm. that's $2 trillion more every single year that, that we are spending. So let's take a bunch of zeros off of that, okay? So David and Stacy, you've got you know financial problems. You're sitting down, it's like, we can't make ends meet. It's like, well, we're, we make $48,000 a year, but we're spending 68,000. Stacy, mm. what would you tell me? You'd say, hey, we got to control our spending. We Definitely. We're over by 20, dude. You, you never say, <laughs> you, you never, you, your income is your income, right? Yeah. We've got to control our spending. Politicians are different because they have a printing press. They never look at the spending side. Rather, they look at the revenue side and say, we need more money. We're going to raise taxes to get more money or we're going to print our way out of it because they, they never stop spending. Why? Because if you look at the federal budget, over 80% of everything of that $4.8 that we bring in goes out towards entitlements, Social Security, Medicare, mm -hmm. Medicaid, women, infant children programs, food stamps, all of that, over 80%.
But no, wow. you add to that the interest on our national debt, which 12 months ago was about 400 billion. Today, on it's over 800 billion. It's Why? doubled? Because interest rates have doubled over the last 12 months. Wow. We're almost a trillion dollars a year in interest only payments when we bring in 4.8 trillion. So spending is the overspending, I should say. Mm -hmm. Everyone has to spend something. Overspending is the Achilles heel of any company, any family, any government. And when they spend too much, and it's really, really hard to take away mm -hmm. when you're a politician. Once you've given an entitlement, it's, yeah. it's going to be hard to take it away. Yeah. That's how they continue to get voted and elected and, and beat up. Now, in a home, <laughs> you just get a second job. Or, or if it was just me working, Stacy would go mm -hmm. work. Or you know, the, the government doesn't have the ability to make money. They don't have mm -hmm. a job. All they do is they they tax our money and get it, but they don't they don't they don't create anything. They don't they don't even have any money. They just right. they they just they just are in charge mm -hmm. of distributing our money, and that's why we're supposed to vote for these guys and you get ones that are responsible. Mm -hmm. But they're not. So I know Dr. Kirk, as people were looking at the derivatives and the things that you were saying there, they had to be overwhelmed by, oh my gosh, what do you do? Because that seems pretty hopeless. You know, you got to have a bank. You know, what do people do? You know. Where do you, what do they do in this situation to help protect themselves? Well, I would invest into something that's tangible, something that's real. We see a bank goes out of business overnight. We've seen companies go out of business overnight. We've seen Silvergate Bank. We've seen FTX. We've seen Enron back in the day. They yep. go out of business mm -hmm. overnight, right? Yep. How, when, when has silver gone to zero? Never. When has gold? Never. When has gas at the gas pumps gone to zero? Well, never. How about cars? When was the last time you went to a, a car dealer and say, like, oh, cars are free today? <laughs> They're <laughs> zero. Nope. Never. Things never go to zero. Mm -hmm. So in a world where everything's falling apart, where companies are going out of business like that, and what you thought was safe is gone, checking accounts, savings accounts, I would invest in something that's tangible, that's real, reallocate, allocate into strength, and then we just can move forward with a smile on your face. Really? This is where we can yeah. have a smile because you're in the right place at the right time. I mean, I, you know, you go back to Monday, stocks mm -hmm. coming down 60%, yep. 30% bank stocks, Dow Jones getting collapsing. What did yep. silver do that day? Up over 5% in one day. Wow. It was up over a dollar. Gold was up over $35 in one day. Mm. I mean, you're looking at these kind of things like, yeah. When you allocate into strength mm -hmm. and into something that grows, given the fundamentals that we have, you can have a smile on your face. And that's what we're all about. So if yeah. somebody's working with you, Dr. Kirk, uh, can they, let's say they have cash and they're like, I just want to convert this into silver or gold. What about like IRAs, different things like that? Can you do all of those things? A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, but physical silver, right? Mm -hmm. I'm talking about thousand ounce bars, hundred ounce bars, 10 ounce bars, not paper. Mm -hmm. We don't want to do paper. We don't want each. ETFs, you don't want mining shares, we don't want mutual funds. And yes, we can do that. It's as simple as an IRA rollover. You just have to change to a custodian that allows for physical holdings, which we can do in like 15 minutes. That's all it takes wow. to wow. Out, pull out that e-sign document, move your funds over into safe ground, and then you can move forward with confidence that you're doing the right thing at the right time, the majority of the time, minimize your risk, maximize your return, go into physical assets. We can help you do that. My team does all of the lifting, heavy lifting, light lifting, mm -hmm. all the lifting in between. Mm -hmm. Other than filling out that quick 15-minute form, 
because we want to make the transition easy and the burden light for people. It's huge. You guys do such an yeah. incredible job. Again, you go to flyovergold.com. When you go there, it's a landing page. You can fill out your information. When you fill out your information, someone from Dr. Kirk's team will get a hold of you, and it's a free consultation to answer your questions, find out your needs, or you can also call 720-605-3900. Dr. Kirk, thank you so much for your yeah. time. We really appreciate it. Are you having a hard time sleeping at night thinking, what are you going to do about your finances? If you went back to 1920 and you had a $20 bill and you had one ounce of gold, you could go into a men's clothing store and you could buy an entire suit, the jacket, shoes, pants, wow. belts, everything. Today, what would that $20 bill buy you? It wouldn't, you couldn't buy a handkerchief for the $20 bill, but that one ounce of gold would still buy you. Even today, it would buy you an entire men's suit, shoes, belt, pants, jacket, everything. That's the difference. But today, that change is happening faster than ever. And we know a guy by the name of Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott that we've known for over 25 years. He has two PhDs. This is who we're actually using. This is who our friends and family are using. And he's a guy we trust completely. And in today's era, you need somebody you trust. So go to flyovergold.com and learn how to protect yourself against an inflating dollar. For more great content, go to flyoverconservatives.com.